Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. This is CBS Sports Radio, and you are locked in to the JR Sport Brief Show. I am coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there. For home loan solutions that fit your life, Rocket can. I'm being joined by super producer and host. Dave Shepard, I'm thrilled to be here with you, everybody listening all across North America. My folks driving them trucks, got all them gifts. My people at work. My people protecting people here in the evening time. Uh, Shout outs to all the people cooking up the food. Shout outs to all the people cleaning. The folks in the hospitals. The people's doing service. Yeah, the people's with an S, plural, people's. The people's doing service work. Everybody all across North America, I appreciate you. We're going to be here with you for the next four hours. And we got a busy night. I got two more nights left here on the docket before the holidays. And damn it, we're going to make the most of it. I'll be here with you tonight, tomorrow, and I'll take a bunch of days off. And I'll, I'll see everybody in the new year. Typically, tonight, tomorrow, the beginning of next year, I get started every single night at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific. If you want to talk to me, it's real simple. We got a phone number. It's connected to multiple lines. The number is 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4CBS. You can also get a hold of me. I'm online. I'm on social media at JR Sport Brief. It's been a busy 24 hours uh, since we have all left each other when I ended last night's show. Uh, We've had some surprising news. Well, just tons and tons of surprising news. In a few minutes, we're going to talk about uh, the the passing of Franco Harris. We found out about that this morning. Next hour, we're going to talk about Steve Cohen, the owner of the New York Mets, whether or not he's he's good or bad for the game of baseball. Carlos Correa, as of last week, we thought he was going to the San Francisco Giants. This man is heading right over to join the New York Mets. 
Aaron Judge was introduced with his new contract today as the 16th captain of the New York Yankees. It's pretty cool. We've had a bunch of NFL quarterbacks pretty much go down. Ryan Tannehill, not by choice. He's been benched for Nick Foles with the Colts. And then we learn that Ryan Tannehill is uh, done for the season with a busted up ankle. And so the Tennessee Titans are going absolutely nowhere. And someone who uh, knows how to give the ball to the other team, he's going to be watching from home or maybe the sidelines. It appears that Ryan Tannehill is going to have to have ankle surgery and the Titans weren't going to go anywhere anyway. So this is uh, just speeding things up. We have some Pro Bowl announcements. Uh, Eagles are sending eight players to the Pro Bowl. It was National Signing Day and it's just a lot. We we found out the next set of nominees to go into the Basketball Hall of Fame. It, it's just been a ridiculously busy day. And so let, let's not waste any time here. The two big surprises that came this morning, and this took place about an hour after I got off air. We found out that Carlos Correa is going to the New York Mets. We got word earlier in the day, in the afternoon, that there was an issue with his medical and they delayed the press conference, but never in my life did I think that he would just decide to go elsewhere, and that he did. That was the first big news. I told you we'll get to that next hour. The other news that came down the pipe, and I I heard it in the car this morning, and I just just tinged in my head, and I had to think about whether I, I heard it correctly, and then I was like, damn, I did. And it was the passing of Steelers legend Franco Harris at the age of 72. The Steelers were getting ready to retire his number this upcoming Saturday, only the third number that has or would have been retired in Steelers history. His number has not been issued. He's played for the Steelers from 1972 to 1983. He was able to pick up four Super Bowls. He was a a consecutive Pro Bowler, or he went to the Pro Bowl, I should say, nine consecutive years. He was the Rookie of the Year in 1972. Uh, He was the first black man to win Super Bowl MVP. His his background and his history of, of being biracial, his dad, serving in, in Italy and meeting his mom and coming back to the States. His, his story is absolutely amazing. And then, of course, when it comes down to, to Franco Harris, the thing that people always talk about, one of the early defining moments that, that allowed and helped the NFL explode in the 70s when you had the, the Raiders and you had the, the Steelers here, especially the Steelers winning four championships, four out of six, was the immaculate reception. And this was a play that didn't even necessarily get a full name for a few years. People were just trying to figure out what the hell happened. Let's, let's keep in mind, this is 1972. You don't have all these camera angles. You don't have HD TV that's widescreen. You don't have 16 by 9 uh, formats for a, a screen width. You, you don't have any of this. You got a camera guy. And in that game, it was a playoff game in December. They weren't playing 17 damn games like they are right now. That playoff game in December, which would have been 50 years to the day here on Saturday, the Raiders were leading the Steelers with seconds to go on the clock. This is the divisional round of the playoffs. They're leading 7-6. to 
Terry Bradshaw throws a pass. And to this day, people have no clear idea whether or not it was it was batted down by uh, uh, the Steelers or whether it was batted down by the Raiders, but it was batted, and it went right into the hands of Franco Harris. Franco Harris barely picking it up off the ground, running it in for a touchdown. The final score of the game, 13-7. to The NFL Network, the NFL Top 100, has voted this the greatest play in NFL history. And here we have Franco Harris at 72 years old. It's just wild to wake up, and, and he's not here. And he was to be honored on Saturday for this exact play with his number being retired. Uh, unfortunately for the Steelers, they would lose to those undefeated Dolphins in 1972. Hi, Mercury Morris. And, uh, but they would, they would continue on with a path years after this, picking up four championships. If you want to hear the play, the immaculate reception, here it is, courtesy of NBC. Last chance for the Steelers. Bradshaw trying to get away. And his pass is broken up by Tatum. Tipped off. Franco Harris has it. And he's over. Look. Franco Harris. Grab the ball on the deflection. Five seconds to go. He grabbed it with five seconds to go and scored. Let's watch one this again. One million to one odds on this one. Ricochet out there off of Jack Tatum and into the man of the year, Franco Harris's hands. Here's the miracle of all miracles. It didn't get that name. It didn't get that immaculate reception name. It didn't catch on across the country until years later. And even recently, Franco Harris, he sat down with the Steelers and and he, it's, it's wild. He's done a lot of interviews even this week on the lead-up to his jersey being retired, which is, is crazy because he seemed to be in perfectly good health. We spoke to Franco Harris last year. I've pretty much spoken to the man once a year for maybe a past three or four years, and he seemed to be in good health, and, and he's no longer here with us. Uh, recently, I want you to take a listen to an interview he did with the Pittsburgh Steelers for their YouTube channel, just describing the immaculate reception. I just remember going into the end zone and I'm not grasping everything at that time. And and I guess I you know, will probably say that that play has grown over the years, Stan. What do you think? <laughs> The greatest play in NFL history is still described as that. Yeah, and that is so awesome. I mean, that's, you know, so hard to, you know, to put your hands around to say in 100 years of NFL that uh, that one play was chosen number one. Oh, and the, the play was, it was fun. It was amazing to watch. It wasn't until the next week that there was like another angle of the play that was closer to the field. And then you had to piece the two uh, angles together and everybody's trying to figure out what happened. It took five and 10 and 15 minutes to figure out whether or not it was a permissible touchdown. Uh, If the Steelers hit the ball, you can't double tap so he wouldn't be able to catch it. It was just, 
It was a whole lot. And meanwhile, John Madden, another legend who we lost uh, about a year ago, is right on the other sideline just going ballistic. The referees don't know if it's a touchdown. If it's not, they go to the phone and, and somebody tells them, yeah, it's a touchdown, and that's the end of the game. Franco Harris just has always talked about this. When you pull up to the airport in Pittsburgh, and I, I, I swear I have photos of this. I actually looked for some photos today. I, I couldn't find them. I guess I just laughed every time I saw it and kept it moving. When you're, when you're at the entrance of the airport on the inside, you pass it. You have to. There's a, there's a statue there of, of the immaculate reception of Franco Harris right there. You can't miss it. It's, it's life-size. It looks a little bit bigger. It's colored. It's, it's, it's pretty fun. And so that's cool. But to have one of the biggest plays in NFL history, by all means, the, the biggest memorable play is pretty awesome. But it wasn't just that play. He was a damn good football player. He went into the Hall of Fame in 1990. When he retired, when he called it a wrap, unfortunately, like most guys, he had to, you know, put in one final season with another team. He's with the Seahawks. But when he quit, hung up the cleats, he was the third leading rusher in NFL history behind only Walter Payton and Jim Brown. He was no slouch. He was a bad man. He was a big man. You would not necessarily want to see or tackle this man on the football field. I told you about the Super Bowl MVP. I told you about the rookie of the year. That same year of the Immaculate Reception in 1972, he was a bad-ass running back. Unfortunately, I was born right after he quit or retired, and so I didn't see him live. I saw the footage. I saw the plays. And, and even more important to me right now, I've been able to meet the man. And not just on, on Zoom meetings and, and here's a Zoom interview or, hey, come, come join the JR Sport Brief Show. The first time I met Franco Harris was amazing. It was San Francisco. It was Super Bowl 50. It was, it was in the Bay. It was downtown. I don't know what the hell I was doing downtown. I was connecting uh, with, with my friend Willie Colon, who played for the Steelers, is also from the Bronx, and now does uh, amazing work in media for SNY and, and Sirius. And I was connecting with Willie, and then Franco just popped up. And he was the nicest dude. Nice guy. I, I couldn't believe how nice he was. He was overly nice. The only man that I've ever met that I would say is a celebrity that was nice as Franco Harris was Pele, who unfortunately is dealing with cancer in a hospital right now. And I, I just couldn't believe that you meet so many people and they are they're nice people. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, celebrities and, and athletes and people, they're complete jerks and they're mean. You know, some some guys couldn't give you the time of day. A lot of the active guys are, are so busy and they're so coddled. They, they won't necessarily or couldn't give you the time of day because so many people jostle for their attention. You do have a lot of stars who, as they get older, they, they get humbled when the lights start to dim. There was nothing dim at all about Franco Harris. 
He was engaging. He was warm. He was nice. He was polite. Standing there was like, I just met the man for two minutes, and he's just talking to me like he's known me for 15 and and 20 years. And that's rare. And so I, I appreciate that. There are a lot of nice guys. There are a lot of jerks. Uh, but Franco Harris was in a nice guy class of his own. And so to hear about his passing today uh, was just like, damn. If you ask me some of the nicest people you ever met in the world of sports, it's Pele and then it's Franco Harris, which is just absolutely wild. This man got involved in, in multiple businesses. He was always thinking outside the box. And I, I have never heard anyone, a human being, whether they know him personally, I know a lot of the Steelers. I know a lot of them have had kind words to say. So whether I know someone who knew him personally or whether I've had to hear from other folks, I've never heard a bad word about this dude ever, ever, ever. And so unfortunately, he won't be there on Saturday for the, the celebration of his career as they retire his number. But there is not a thing that will be forgotten about Franco Harris. And as uh, dangerous of a man as he was with that rock in his hand on the football field, he was as nice of a human being off of it, which I think is so much more important. Even in his Hall of Fame speech back in 1990, Franco Harris, of course, he took time to give a simple thank you to everybody there, but everybody who helped him get there at that point. Listen to this. I was able to achieve goals beyond my wildest dreams because of the people who surrounded me. They brought out the best in me. They made me rise to new heights. They made me a better ball player. And at this time, I can't find a better way than just say thank you to my offensive linemen. And he gave, a, he gave a big thank you, not just to his offensive lineman. He gave a big thank you to, to everybody. And that's the type of dude he was. It's the JR Sport Brief Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. Condolences to the family of Franco Harris and much love to everything that he brought to the NFL. But more importantly, what he brought as a human being to every single person who passed by his presence. We're getting started. We got a lot to do. Speaking of the Steelers. They do have a game this upcoming Saturday, ironically, against those Raiders. Uh, Mike Tomlin had some words to share about Franco Harris. Uh, Big Ben had some words to share about the returning Kenny Pickett. Uh, We're going to talk about that on the other side of the break. The phone lines are open if you want to give me a holler. It's 855-212-4CBS. And, of course, we're going to get into Correa, Judge, and a new top six list. It's the JR Sport Brief Show, CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. wants to hear from you. Call him now at 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. It's the JR Sport Brief Show here on CBS Sports Radio. We talked about uh, Franco Harris and, and his passing 
and just everything lined up perfectly. It was going to be 50 years to the day this upcoming Saturday that he had his uh, immaculate reception. Uh, it would, took place against the Raiders. This game on Saturday is against the Raiders. The Steelers are 6-8. and eight. They're trying to go back to the playoffs. His number would have been the, the third, really, only to officially uh, be retired by the Steelers. And they're going to go out and play this game. Steelers and the Raiders. Both of these squads happen to be 6-8 and eight right now. Uh, the Raiders, just they are a heart attack waiting to happen somehow, some way, mostly by the skin of their teeth. They've been able to pick up just three victories. As a matter of fact, more than three. The Raiders have won four out of their last five games. And the one game that they lost was that Baker Mayfield game, his first game where he just showed up off the street and basically uh, threw a game-winning touchdown. You could say that the Raiders are hot after they were absolute trash to start the season. They're blowing leads. Uh, Devontae Adams could not figure out a way to get the football from from Derek Carr through a, a lot of those early games. And here they are. Just And I'm doing air quotes because you can't see them. Maybe potentially on their way to the postseason. That's it's crap to me. I'm sorry. I think it's the same scenario for the Steelers, but you got to – quote-unquote, keep hope alive. And so it's going to be a bittersweet day. It's going to be a lot of emotions. It's going to be a lot of celebrating. And by the way, this game in Pittsburgh, it has the potential to be the coldest game ever that the Steelers have played on record. Uh, I'm not, not, you know, telling you a lie here. They're expecting wind chills to be below zero. And so the temperature, who knows where it might lay. It might be anywhere from, you know, 2, negative 2, up to 10. But this might be the coldest game that the Steelers have ever hosted in their history. Mike Tomlin spoke to the press today. Of course, he did, the media. And he talked about Franco Harris and his passing. Take a listen. We had a productive day, obviously. We did so uh, with a heavy heart. Um, This organization, this community... Uh, the football world, uh, we lost a, a great one in Franco Harris. And so, um, obviously, we're all heartbroken. Um, but we, um, we do look forward to honoring him um, and his legacy this weekend. And, and obviously, um, where our attention needs to be is on the preparation required to put together the type of performance uh, that's fitting of, of a great man like Franco. I'll open it up for questions. Mike, you talked about your meetings with him once you can. Coach, what do you take away from those? You know, again, you know, like I mentioned yesterday, and, and I'm an advocate of giving people uh, their flowers while they're here, and I meant what I said yesterday. Um, you know, I just admire and love the man, um, and so much to be learned from him in terms of how he conducted himself, how he embraced the responsibilities of being Franco um, for Steel Nation, for this community. Um, you know, for the Penn State uh, followers, um, he embraced it all and did it with such grace and class and, and patience uh, and time for people. Time for people. Everybody says the same thing. Franco was one of the folks who made it easy to, to, to root for the Steelers. I'm not a, a Steelers fan, but between him and Willie Cologne and, and, and Heinz Ward, Heinz Ward was cracking skulls on the, the field, but Heinz Ward is also a great human being. Uh, they, they make it real easy to, to root for them. And so good, congratulations, or not congratulations, but good luck uh, to the Steelers as they get ready to, to take on the Raiders. 
Uh, Kenny Pickett is going to be back. Mike Tomlin also shared that with everyone. Uh, he was dealing with a concussion, so he was out in the last game. Mitch Trubisky had to to show up and, and help them beat Carolina 24-16. to Trubisky helped on uh, three game-scoring drives. He even rushed for a touchdown, had 179 yards passing, but he kept them alive in that game. Uh, matter of fact, there's some people who think and believe that Mitch Trubisky should probably continue on with the season, especially if the Steelers are eliminated. One of those guys happens to be Big Ben Roethlisberger, who sat down on his podcast uh, footballing, and Big Ben was like, look, if the Steelers lose this game on Saturday, they might as well sit Kenny Pickett down for the rest of the year. Listen to what Big Ben had to say. I don't give up. Like, I don't want to ever say, listen, I'm sure. done for the season. But at some point, if you're the franchise and you're not going to make it, right. you're not going anywhere. Like, it might be smart to shut him down yeah. to just preserve him for next year. If, if he's your guy of the future, which obviously he is because they're yeah. built around him, right. maybe it's maybe it's smart to do that. Um, but that that's that kind of, okay, give him the reps, get him, you know, but used I'll, to playing. Because the last two games are against two division opponents that you want to have right. some experience playing against. Right. I thought in retirement, Ben Roethlisberger would be sitting around having beer and hot dogs, but instead he's just continuing to host his podcast. And God bless him. It's what the world is right now. Everybody has a show and a podcast. So good for Ben Roethlisberger. He found something to do besides, I don't know, just getting ridiculously heavy and out of shape, which I thought was in his future. Anyway, hey, Shep, what's on your mind, my man? How are you feeling? What you thinking about? JR, just to echo everything you said about about Franco Harris, um, I had the good fortune of meeting him when I was just a lowly intern, just out of college, and he treated me like I was a best friend of his for decades. Um, he he has gone way too soon. I, I I mean I know he was seventy two, but he was just such a young seventy two, and how he looked, how he carried himself, I, I was devastated myself. Um, Jr. The the question I have for you is when you look at the names in front of him when he retired, and you said it. I mean, we're talking about Mount Rushmore running backs to this day, number one and two, not just in yards total, but in terms of all-time greatness, Jim Brown, Walter Payton. And Franco Harris has been out of the game for now almost 40 years, and his jersey has not been retired. Like, I'm not trying to be too critical of a franchise that has won six Super Bowls. But did they miss the boat on this? No, I don't think so. No, not not at all. They've only had they've only had three numbers retired. I don't think it's it's that big of a deal. I think when you look at 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 legacy teams, you can take the approach of of the Boston Celtics and just you know throw numbers up there like that. That that's that's superficial. If, if you think about, I look at the Steelers and what they they stand for, and typically when I say that, I'm talking about football. You know, I, I look at I look at the team that doesn't just hire and fire coaches. I find it comical, you know, when people say, oh, well, Mike Tomlin needs to go. Well, he's playing here with a subpar roster that's dealt with a share of injuries. And somehow, some way, they just might, maybe, might end up at close to 500. Okay, there is no 500 this year. We know that with 17 games. But I think with some other coaches there, these Steelers would be primed for a number one overall draft pick. And so that's how I typically 
talk about the Steelers and, and, and the respect I have. And, and then we can get into the, the, the Roonies and, and what they've tried to do in regards to, uh, you know, being equal and, and having equality and, and equity in the NFL. And when you look at the track record, it has nothing to do with Super Bowls. Hanging up those numbers and the jerseys and doing all of that is superficial. We can go through a whole list of everybody that, that, that played with Franco in the 70s and just say, oh, let's retire their number. But the fact is, these dudes are revered. And, and throwing the numbers up there, I don't think changes anything or, or means that they're missing a boat. It's superficial. I mean, we got teams that just, just give away uh, you know, numbers and hang them up in the rafters because a guy showed up for a month. We got dudes who play for teams for two years and, and, and just did nice things. And then the next thing you know, they come back and, and give a video tribute. Like, I, I don't think the Steelers missed anything. I think the jersey uh, being hung up or going into the ring of honor is just a, a shrug of the shoulders. I think everybody in Pittsburgh, the franchise, the fans, the organization, his teammates – you hear it, you see it, you feel it. Everybody knew what this man meant to the organization and others who, who don't necessarily also share that same honor. So I think that's just a, a tick of the box that doesn't mean anything. What means really anything is just how people feel about him. And I think that that goes without saying. It's the JR Sport Reef Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS. That's 855 212 for CBS, the phone lines are open. Unfortunately, Steelers and Raiders—they're gonna—they're gonna play on on Saturday night. It's gonna be bittersweet. That'll be a right past 8:15, I think, is is the kickoff around there. And we got a whole slate of of Saturday games. And how about this? We also learned about some other quarterbacks who, uh, well, they they're not like Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett will play. We got a couple of dudes who are probably cooked. Matt Ryan has been benched. Ryan Tannehill is out for the season. And then we're going to see Nick Foles play football. It's the JR Sport Brief Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. Thank you, man. We love you down here in Texas, okay, JR? Hey, how you doing, man? I love your show. Love the topic. Thank you. I'll be uh, listening again in the future. This is a great show. Call in now at 855 212 4 CBS. When we get to the top of the hour, I got to talk about Daddy Warbucks. I got to talk about the man with all the cash. The man has all the money, he, he has a plan for it, too. It's Steve Cohen, the owner of the New York Mets. This guy hasn't found a, an all-star that he will not add to his team, and we will get there at the top of the hour. At this point, he is uh, building himself into being a supervillain. But we showed a lot of love to Franco Harris here, passing away at 72 this first hour of the show. I told you about the Raiders taking on the Steelers this coming Saturday night. 
And then we also have some other quarterback news going on in the NFL besides the return of, of Kenny Pickett. Uh, I want to tell you about Nick Foles, Ryan Tannehill, and Matt Ryan. I'll do that in a minute. 855-212-4CBS. We got Lee calling up from San Diego. Lee, you're on the JR Sport Brief Show. What's on your mind? How you do, doing, JR? I, I mean, I'm a San Diego fan, but I want to I want to talk about the Steelers, man. They're, they're involved in the greatest era in NFL history as far as I'm, I'm concerned. And nothing but respect for Franco Harris and that Hall of Fame team that they had in the 70s. I mean, you could go down the list. How many Hall of Famers are in that on that team? I think there's eight or nine in that category. I mean, you can go down the list, man. John Strawworth, Lynn Swan, Terry Bradshaw, Jack Ham, Mean Joe, Jack Lambert, Elsie uh, Greenwood. She's one of the greatest teams ever. And I, I, nothing respect for Franco Harris and. I'm really sad to hear his passing, and and I would like to make a comparison. I'd like to, if I if I can compare the immaculate reception. Hello. To the uh, Lee, are you you, oh, you you okay, Lee? Yeah, I'm fine. I just can't remember. Okay. Well, how about? I remember, I'm trying to remember the play. For the Chargers against the Raiders, the Holy from what, Roller from it. What? Oh, Air Coriel era. Oh yeah, the Holy okay. Roller compared to the Immaculate Reception. Okay, well, I mean that 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 would make sense for you being in in, in San Diego. Uh, I don't I don't know if it carries the same type of weight, especially when you think about your, your Franco. They they called that. Multiple categories, the number one play in NFL history. Uh-huh. I mean, there's, 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 there's room for comparison if you want to talk about the, the holy crap type factor. But <laughs> I, 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 I think you'd be, you'd be far-fetched. I'll put it to you this way. In the NFL, and thank you, Lee, for calling from San Diego, the one play I remember, and Shep, do you remember the NFL 100-year anniversary commercial where they had all the legends in it? Uh, yeah, and the talented uh, uh, little girl as well. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Actually, Richard Sherman was in it. I, there was a, there was a million people in it. What talented little girl? Who? Oh no! In the commercial, one of them like was a little girl trying to like get around. A, I, I know what you're talking about. Yes, it was like a three minute commercial and just kept extending and extending. And you right. were so good, you wanted it to keep going. Yeah, all I remembered were the legends. The only thing I remembered from that commercial. There's two things, Odell Beckham Jr. and Franco Harris. I don't remember squat. You, you telling me about Richard Sherman and a little girl? Yeah, sure, they could have been in there. I don't remember anything else. It's it. And Terry Bradshaw, obviously, because he was involved in the play. And so it, it's, it, I think you'd be hard-pressed to, to think or look about or talk to any NFL fan who, who does not recall or remember that play. I wasn't alive for the play. I certainly remember it. I remember hearing about it my whole damn life. It took a different importance when you start to meet Steelers and talk to them and befriend them. It's, uh, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Uh, R.I.P. to Franco Harris. And it's going to be, I'm going to be rooting for the Steelers. I typically, you know, root for the Steelers just, just because of 
friend association and such, but it's going to have a little bit different of a meaning uh, for everyone in Pittsburgh this upcoming Saturday. Here's the deal. It's not the only news. I told you about these quarterbacks. Kenny Pickett is going to be returning for the Steelers, and we got some veterans that are basically being, I don't want to say sat down, put down, put away, stashed away. Matt Ryan has been benched again. Jeff Saturday brought him back. Jeff Saturday won a game, and now they've been absolute crap. And we probably have seen the last of Matt Ryan as a starter in the NFL at 37 years old, and unless it's break in case of emergency with some other team. And it's real sad when you think about Matt Ryan and how he got started here with the Indianapolis Colts. He didn't want to be on the Falcons anymore. That ship sailed a long time ago. And the, the final nail in the coffin for that relationship was them, them being the Falcons going out and, and pursuing Deshaun Watson. And so they traded him. And then Matt Ryan just waxed poetic about joining the Colts. And it's been a disaster, not just because of him. The Colts are 4-9-1. and one. He has 3,000 yards uh, passing, 14 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. He has one of the worst passer ratings in the entire NFL from all of the starters. Matt Ryan is cooked. He's done, and it's unfortunate. He's likely going to go into the Hall of Fame if people can forget these these last few years that he kind of just had to suffer and suck with the Falcons. But the man replacing him, it's not Sam Ellinger. It's Nick Foles. Nick Foles has been activated, and at 33 years old, the, the former Super Bowl champion with the Eagles helped lead them to a, a ring, taking over for that, uh, that Carson guy. Nick Foles is back. This man has played one game this year. He's basically out there as a decoy, didn't do anything, didn't throw a football. The last time he played was last year. He only played one game there for the Chicago Bears, relieving Mr. Fields, and he actually won that game against Seattle. He threw 250 yards, one touchdown, and the Bears won 25-24. If you are ready for more Nick Foles, you will see this man in action Monday night the day after Christmas, against the Chargers. And Nick Foles spoke, and Nick Foles had plenty to say. He's like, yeah, guys, I'm the starter. It's not my call. I only want what's best for the team. For me, it's always just doing what I need to do in my role. Um, You know, if if I'm backing up, it's helping the starter. It's also doing my own routine. And then when you're playing, your routine switches a little bit because you're playing, you have more say. Um, for me, it's just sort of rolling with the punches each week and just being the best teammate I can for the QB room. Well, that's, that's been Nick Foles. Nick, look, Nick Foles could go outside and just uh, – he could crap the bed the rest of his career, man. He could never play again. His legacy is set. He won a Super Bowl. He showed up. It's like, hey, I'm here in place of Carson, and he won. There's, there's nothing else that you can want or really ask for when it comes down to Nick Foles. Congratulations to that man. And it just feel real bad for Matt Ryan that this is probably going to be the way that, that he goes out. And who knows? Is he going to want to stick around and be a backup somewhere? Is he going to be a starter on another crap team? This was supposed to be his last chance, and it, it didn't work out for him. So, unfortunately, Matt Ryan is 
We've probably seen the last of him as a legitimate starter. And pretty soon, Jeff Saturday is likely going to be gone as well. Matt Ryan isn't the only dude who is pretty much unlikely to play the rest of the season. Ryan Tannehill. He was injured in the Titans' victory, or excuse me, they lost against the the Chargers a couple of days ago. And uh, he went back out there and gutted out throughout the rest of the game. Well, we found out he's not going to play the rest of the season, Ryan Tannehill is, because he's probably going to need surgery on that ankle. The Tennessee Titans are currently 7-7 seven and seven in the AFC South. Uh, God knows what they're going to do against the, the Houston Texans. They play them at 1 o'clock Eastern time on Saturday. And then the Titans take on the Cowboys. And then the Titans take on the Jaguars, who will be in action tomorrow against the, the New York Jets. And so the Tennessee Titans have just been losing. They're on a four-game losing streak. We know I, I call this team the Derrick Henrys because it's Derrick Henry and, and who else? And without Ryan Tannehill, and you throw Malik Willis out there, I mean, what is going to happen? This would be comical if the Jacksonville Jaguars ended up kind of taking that last spot, or let me not say last spot, but securing the AFC South. The Jaguars, they've come on as of late, but to think that they would jump the Titans and that we might see Trevor Lawrence in the playoffs. Let's see if they can keep things rolling against the Jets tomorrow. You have a situation here right now where the New York Jets got Zach Wilson out there. The Jets' playoff hopes are hanging on by a thread. They're taking on Jacksonville. And Jacksonville is trying to jump the Tennessee Titans. And they play each other in the last game of the regular season. To finish up their year, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I told you that they take on the Jets tomorrow. Uh, Let's see what they can do against the Jets. I wouldn't be shocked if they beat them with all the New York Jets nonsense. But after this, Jacksonville will go on and complete their season. They got the Jets tomorrow. They have the Houston Texans on New Year's Day, and then they finish against the Titans. Don't be shocked if the Jacksonville Jaguars are the team that wins the AFC South and goes into the playoffs. And speaking of of Nick Foles and the Philadelphia Eagles, everybody might have to show a little bit of love to Mr. Doug Peterson as uh, Doug Peterson in his first year as a head coach is actually having success here with the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's uh, one hell of a turnaround. It's the JR Sport Brief Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4CBS. We're going to take a break. I'm going to get to your calls. I'm going to talk about Mr. Moneybag's evil Steve Cohen. Is he ruining the game of baseball? And then, of course, I'm going to give you a new top six list. It's the JR Sport Brief Show, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.